0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of Extra Feature Energy. Today I have a fabulous guest all the way from Austin, and we love people from Austin. we to get so much wonderful people on the show from Texas. I have Tasha Hardy here, her film Curiosity. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's good. I'm uh, glad to have you.
0: So I want to start off at the very beginning. I usually don't let people in my personal life, but I will on this show for a change. Why okay. a mailman? Well, my
1: stepdad is a, a retired mailman in his 60s and it's based off of, I mean, he's definitely not a stalker, thank God, but it's based off of his, you know, kind of quirky personality um, and his relationship with his much younger friend. So that's where it kind of came from.
0: Well, I know you're a secret. I am a mailman. That is my real job I do. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I have a lot more. I don't usually talk. Nobody knows what I do. I usually don't talk about it. But this made me laugh so hard at times because <laughs> I got it. Now, I want to start off, people. I know you think the mailman's a stalker, but literally we see the same people every day. Yeah. And we're fascinated by what you people do all day at home. (laughs) Don't understand, because all we do is walk around and deliver mail. So is this what he's told you?
1: Yeah, well, not really. He just, like, kind of overhelps. Like, my, my stepdad is someone who's a little bit bored and He kind of, like, overhelps people, and I kind of got that idea from it. But I I don't think all mailmen are stalkers, and I never got that from him being a mailman. I just put – it was a separate thing just based off of his kind of quirky
0: personality. Well, that's why I had to ask. I'm like, I really need to know where this basis comes from.
1: No, no, I I don't think all mailmen are stalkers. Don't worry. Okay.
0: I feel better now. (laughs) I know I'm not a stalker. I don't have that much time. I do have another little quirk. You have him getting phone calls from his boss. Yeah. Now, is that a real thing?
1: Um, I I actually don't know. I mean, you tell me. Do mailmen carry around little CBs? We were trying to figure out how to like get them to be interrupted during the whole time the girl was being kidnapped. So we thought the best way was to just have him have his boss be like trying to reach him.
0: I would I laugh so hard because that doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Oh no. Okay. You you, you caught me. <laughs> no, it's funny because to me, I'm like, does this exist? And I don't know, but this is America. American. be non-American, I'm like, maybe it's an American thing. But I was dying <laughs> laughing during this. I'm sorry. sorry, people. I got many things to talk about. There's another part when somebody opens the fridge. You're gone. That would never happen in the real world. I couldn't stop laughing.
1: Oh, you mean that the mail would come out?
0: Yes, you're gone. You're fired. Instantly finished. Oh,
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It's a little bit of suspension of disbelief there that he, st- that he got away with stealing mail one time and they just like let him do it, you know, a couple times.
0: <laughs> but I will say you got dead on that when I first started there, people would wear their uniforms out. Like, we'd go out for lunch and people, we all wear our uniforms. Like, we never really changed. I thought it was hysterical, so...
1: Yeah, there we had to go. blur out a lot of uh, logos because we didn't realize that you can't show the logos. Nope. So that was a whole thing.
0: So how was, okay, so let's start off. So the experience of this stalkerism, where does this start from?
1: Um, so he, his, his wife dies. I mean, in the past, cause it's right. a, it's a it's, you know, it's a proof of concept for a TV series. So the whole idea is his wife dies. He kind of goes a little cuckoo and he gets really bored. Um, and he just takes a, a, a sudden very deep interest in, The people around him and he was like that as a child and he got kind of triggered again he starts all over when he's older um and then he falls in love with his neighbor and she doesn't know he exists but he imagines all these different scenarios with her um like like the film where she gets you know pseudo kidnapped and then kind of goes off from there
0: oh i want to back up when you have that guy walking down the street and people don't notice him That is 100% correct. Oh, sorry. I was laughing so hard (laughs) because I walk by people. Most people know who I am because I've done the same thing for years. Right. But you ask them, they have no idea. They just It's a blur downtown Toronto. They don't know you exist. Literally do not pay any attention to you. You have that spot on.
1: But that's funny that you, you collapse that with a mailman because I just thought, oh, Bob's character is invisible. But it's interesting that you're saying that about no. mailman because it actually makes it deeper. It makes it a little bit it, more meaning different. Well meaningful.
0: it does for me. Actually so you asked me, I just, I normally talk about the film, you asked me was I gonna review this. As soon as I read the first line, I'm in.
1: Ugh. Didn't even care
0: <laughs> what it was about, I'm in. So there you go. Awesome. So when you were writing this, so do you came from a sense of obviously your stepdad? Yeah. And then, where does the stalkerism come? You just needed a crutch to get him to do stuff.
1: Yeah, we were kind of like we had. It started out kind of like where he was. He was they were kind of kooky and running around the town, and it was like too expensive. And then we, I thought we really got to have him have some really, really finite quirk to him, you know, especially if it's a TV show, right? Because I was building a Bible, and I'm like, what if he's a stalker, but he's not like a really bad stalker? He just kind of gets confused about what he sees sometimes. And then, then because comedy can come out of that, you know, it's not funny. A real stalker isn't funny, right? So that ruins any comedy. But if it's like he's a kind of a detective wannabe in this little town, it makes it like it sort of works.
0: Oh, I want to argue with you. I don't think he's got a problem. I really think he's just thinking. Because yeah. I mean, he's bored. Obviously, he's really bored, Bob. Right, right, right. I really found he needed something to do. I mean, obviously, most people have more to do. Right. But I totally could relate to this at times. When you're walking doing my job, your brain goes to fifty thousand different areas every day. Yeah. I can Again, that. So I think you hit it spot on, but he's like curiosity. I'm like, we all have it. Yeah. Totally yeah. right on. So, let's back up to your short. I apologize for going off topic. Oh, I don't it just, care. It's
1: funny. <laughs>
0: it just amused me to know that. Now, you have a scene with Bob with a pie in front of him very early on. Did Bob eat all the pie? Oh, did Bob eat all the pie? Uh No, he just eats a
1: little bit of it. Like, he eats, like, maybe, like, a, a quarter of it a day.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of funny because you show up, and it's like he starts in the middle and works his way out. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> so how was that for set design? Did you make him eat it or was it done at a time? Or
1: No, he, no, he, well, let's see. He ate some of it a little bit at a time, but we didn't have him eat the whole thing. We would have died, you know? <laughs> and if you notice that Holly eats, she starts in the, she starts around the edges. That wasn't my idea. <laughs> Somebody else that was much smarter
0: than me. <laughs> so you have two houses in the film, one on one side of the street obviously, and one on the other side of the street. Yeah. Now I'm I'm sure they're not in the same street. You have one house is here and you've edited the other house in to go, so they look like they're across the street. Is that correct? Oh no, they're really across the street. They are really across the street because I was dying to ask this. Because I'm, like, I'm looking for edit cuts the whole film, but I'm like, I can't find any. Oh, it's real. Yeah. And the neighbors just happened to be like nice enough to let us. I mean,
1: we paid them, but they let us do it. So
0: so you picked Bob's house first. Or I guess Bob's house was first, the one you found.
1: Yeah, Bob's house was first. And then, and then she said, well, if you want to shoot across the street, I can get my neighbors to do it. And you, so you're like, perfect. Off we go. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: was so lucky. That's awesome. I had no idea. Um, set design for Bob's House. How was that done?
1: Uh, that was me and the executive producer wildly scrambling at like one in the morning after getting there late uh, from L- from late to LA from our respective homes. So we just had to. We had like five hours. We we kind of planned it a bit, but it was mostly just a wild scramble because I don't. I you know, pre production was all from Austin. It was all during COVID, so I never showed up to LA till the first day.
0: So you ask question: Is being invisible a superpower? That comes up during your short. Do you feel being invisible is a superpower?
1: I think maybe for me, like fifty percent of the time, <laughs> if I feel invisible, it's a superpower. But I think Bob thinks of it as definitely like a not a good thing ever anymore. I think he's had it, you know, <laughs> at this point.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I really do like being invisible. I think it's a great superpower. It's really relaxing for me personally. Again, I can relate to the short immensely. Um, I think you have one of the best endings for a short I've seen in ages. I totally did not see that coming. So, nice. did you have a different ending before, or was this always the ending?
1: No, I actually fought for it. Like the first, um, the first iterations of it, with the we had one director before, and then we just decided to split off because she had to work on something else. But I, I had to keep fighting for it, and people kept saying that's not funny. No one's going to get it. And then it, I just said, I know, some, I know it's going to work. And then it worked. So I think maybe on on paper maybe I think it looked different on paper than actually when you saw or something because everybody was like except the the new director the you know James
0: Sunshine he was like this will work but no no one else thought it would work. I I don't understand why they think it worked because okay you can help me it worked for me now your audience reactions did it work for them?
1: Oh yeah no totally they're like oh god yeah (laughs) it totally did yeah.
0: And uh, Bob's friend, like, we don't go to a lot of depth. Obviously, it's TV pilot you're shooting here. So, um, have they known each other for a while? Because I feel they've known each other because he goes back, Bob, you know, last time you did this, last time you did that. You know, the time I helped your mom out, which, you know, it's funny. I did relate to that, too. That's really
1: funny. Um, yeah, so they actually met when um, in the series when Bob's uh, wife dies, um Dustin is the janitor at the funeral home and he sees Bob okay. outside kind of crying by himself. And Dustin is actually the only like black guy in this the really small podunk town. So he feels invisible too. So he gives Bob a joint, which he doesn't smoke right away because he freaks out and they become like best friends. And then later uh, Bob smokes the joint by himself and has a panic attack because he's never smoked pot and has to go to the hospital and blames Dustin for it for an eternity after that. So it starts this whole like codependent, like they kind of screw each other over, you know, and then they're, and they're close again and but that's how they met.
0: Now, in future episodes are we going to go to the post office or we're we just always going to stay at Bob's house or in the street or Well, I mean, we're pitching
1: it as a series, so hopefully, you know, definitely it'll become bigger. Um, the tone of it we're thinking is kind of like Barry meets my name is Earl, so a little comedy with like a dark edge to it, but we'll we're, you know, we'll open up to a whole bunch of different characters and Bob and and dust and shenanigans uh, sort of messing with the town. And then it kind of expands into a bigger thing where he messes with some like drug dealers and stuff that he's like, it's too much for him. And it becomes more bearish you know, more a little hint of Breaking Bad type thing. or Better so how,
0: <laughs> how long does it take you to write a book on these things? Are you one of these fast writers who's pounds it out or does it take you a long time?
1: It's like a series Bible. Yes. Um, it took me like, months because I was doing it in between actually making the short. And then now it's just, a, now we're just doing a pitch and we're showing the short. So the Bible's kind of, I refer to it in conversation, but we don't really send that out too much.
0: So how do you feel about writing about Melmet? Like something you've never done. Obviously your stepdad has, and I do. So I relate to this immensely. So how's writing about characters you don't know? I mean, obviously you have to research even on this. You would have to research.
1: Yeah. Just like, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, like he's told me like a million stories and, I've, and I, and I, you know, at first Bob was a janitor and I was like, no, he should be doing something where he sees people all the time. He's kind of in their lives already. And then we thought, Oh, he should be a mailman like Bob. And there was some research. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a ton, but it was an, enough to kind of see, you know, how that would, how he would
0: act and stuff. Interesting. Um, at the end of the short, you said mama C who is mama C.
1: Oh, Mama C is my, so my, I have a half sister and that's her mother. And so she's kind of like my, my stepmother. She passed away a couple of years ago um, from cancer. And I was sort of shortly after we were done shooting. So I dedicated it to her.
0: Oh, that was very nice of you. Um, Being a writer, being on set, how do you find the shooting process? I mean, obviously it's a short, you're going to be involved, but do you just let the actors speak words or do you ever touch on like, you know what I mean? When they change your words. Or you said, nope, that sounds better that way. I'm okay with that. As long as the intentions are still there.
1: I think so. At first, they came, James kept coming and saying, we want to change this line and that line. And I, and then they were just going off on these wonderful tangents. And I'm like, just let them go. I mean, who am I to tell like Eddie Steeples and Bob Clendenin, you know, how to like do improv. Like just let them go. So probably like 20% of it is improv, maybe 25% based off of what I wrote. But they they went off and actually better better jokes
0: and stuff. <laughs> Is that okay as a writer? You're like, fine, that's good, I'm still getting across what I need?
1: Yeah, because I trusted them so much, you know, they're such pros. I mean, I think if it was like, I didn't know them, or like I wasn't, you know, somehow connected with them, or they were just doing it, I wasn't seeing what was happening, it might be kind of weird, but it was different. How come
0: you didn't direct the short?
1: Um, I've never been interested in directing, so I've always loved writing, and I love uh, the producing process, even like the finance raising, I like that, but I'd like to be able to hand it off to another artist to sort of view it, interpret it in a different way, as long as it's the right fit. And me and James were just such a good, um, such good friends. And we just like agreed on so much and he actually made the tone darker and made it a better film.
0: So it worked out pretty well. Do you ever get involved in the editing process or no?
1: The only reason I got involved in the editing process is because we had to keep unpacking it to do like a whole bunch of different types of edits. And then we had a whole bunch of time where we had to do like, visual effects to try and uh, take out things that were in there that we weren't supposed to see and all that stuff. But I wasn't in all of the sessions or anything. They just kept showing me cuts and stuff and they were, you know, very right on from the beginning. So it went really well.
0: How did you find the casting process? Did you already know your mailman already and the, his buddy already?
1: No. So I, I got really lucky. I found Bob's email address on his website five years ago and I emailed him and asked him if, if it happened, if he wanted to be attached to it. And he said, sure. Yeah. And then once I actually, like I put it down for years and then picked it back up again and he said he was still interested. And then I said, well, can I contact John Lear? And then John and I became friends and John is a consulting producer. Um, He's had a few of his own shows and he was the guy walking down the street, ignoring Bob. So ah. It started this whole thing. And then another friend of mine knew Eddie Steeples and then the director knew Joe Reitman and it was during COVID and none of the actors were working. And so are like, we'll totally do it because, you know, we have nothing to do. So I kind of got him at a
0: good, t- good point. Now, did you find during COVID you could write more or were you just too depressed to write?
1: <laughs> um, I, I was so involved in this. Like I don't, I probably was too depressed to write, but I was doing it anyway. <laughs> I was saying like I was it was so like it just got so like it went forward so fast and we crowdfunded and that was like a whole thing that um, most of the writing for this was done years ago though but I did rewrite it a few times for like the new people that came aboard so yeah I definitely kept writing but I think that there was definitely a cloud over all the creative the creative world during that time I can see why you're asking that
0: um did you wish you had more time like i really don't don't get me wrong i love the short i mean i do think we could have expanded a bit more across the street with the customer interaction but maybe there's just a time thing for that
1: are you talking about um holly's job or are you talking about
0: holly in general i holly in general i would take like more we we have interactions with holly but i find we don't get to know holly yeah right right
1: Yeah. I think that was a little, that wasn't on purpose. I mean, it wasn't a sense of we want the audience to know that really like he doesn't know anything about her, even though he has all these great stories about her. But I think what ended up happening was we didn't get to know her enough, like the audience. And so that was a little bit of a, I wouldn't even say time thing. I think it was just an oversight on my part. I would have gone back and, cause I've heard that a couple times. I would have gone back and done some, had some more depth there for sure.
0: Okay. Well, I wish I had more questions for you, but I only had 14 minutes short to work with. So I apologize (laughs) for that, but I do have fun questions if that's okay for you. Oh, totally. Okay. Your favorite film. Cause your first time on
1: the show, uh, the princess bride is my favorite film of all time.
0: Nothing wrong. Um, one actor you're going to write for in the future.
1: Um, gosh, one actor I'm going to write for in the future. Um, I don't know if you know who Clancy Barrett is. It's this um, London actor. She's kind of up and coming. And I've seen her on, I, I can't remember the name of the show. I just like, it's escaping me. But she's kind of all over the place now. But um, she's just wonderful. And she's she also happens to be deaf. And I want to write a short for her. Ooh, like, about, yeah.
0: That's fast. I have seen a deaf short. We had one an interview with somebody who did a deaf one. It was excellent. Um, last question. What movie you recommend to people they never watch? They never watch?
1: Oh, God. Um, I hate all like, I I don't like, love horror movies and people like stuff like Nightmare and Elm Street. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff at all. I, or I actually, you know what? I would say never watch the Saw series. That just scared me to death. Like, that is not my thing.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Tell everybody <laughs> where to find your work online, please.
1: Sure. So you can go, uh, to com. The trailer is there. All the social media is there. Um, And then we're in festivals all over the place. But, you know, if you send me a request, I can send you a a link to the film and with the password for sure.
0: Do you want to give out your email now just to make it easier? Yeah,
1: yeah. Sure. It's Tasha Hardy. So it's Tasha at TashaHardy.com.
0: Thank you for your time and have a great evening.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.